This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Cocaine Bear, the bear that couldn't slow down. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He has some uh, family business to take care of this week, but... Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies, be a most spoiler free review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 523, 523, and this week we are talking Cocaine Bear. That's right, the bear that has cocaine is the, is the movie that we're going over. And uh, joining me to discuss Cocaine Bear, we have from Slash Film and co-host of the Go Flix Yourself podcast and the 10 to 1 podcast, he has visions, dreams, and passion. It's Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Also joining us and also a host of Go Flix Yourself in the 10 to 1 podcast, keeping Laporte safe from Yayo, it's Ben Conowitz. Hey, that's also, it's me. I'm here. I did it. <laughs> Sorry, I did a little cocaine before the show. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't submit this to the police. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how are you guys doing this evening? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'd like to clarify that I did not actually do cocaine. I don't use drugs. Uh, so, but yeah, I should have taken some cocaine before we watched this movie. That's what I'll say so far. How are you, buddy? I, I'm doing well, and I'm glad to have both of you guys back here. It's always fun to have the the, the duo of Brad and Ben on to this podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to going over this movie with you guys and playing some games later. Then we're going to have some fun here. Um, but yeah, it is good to know that, Ben, that you're not on cocaine, because I, I assume that your eventual mayoral, may, mayoral campaign for LaPorte, Indiana, uh, will be heavily dependent on your clean record, so. It's, it's a, very true. I do need to stay off the drug. Kids, stay off drugs. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Laporte. I'm sure there's plenty of mayors who have done the cocaine around these parts. <laughs> Brad, we talked about this. What? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We all do a little coke every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's exact. Let's just have that be the tagline for the show. It's fine. It's fine. We all do we a little do coke a little here. Coke yeah. That should be your campaign slogan, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. Put it on a shirt. Uh, all right, let's get to some show notes real quick here. First up, new commentary track. Every month we do commentary tracks with this podcast, and for the first few months of this year, we have a theme going called I Love LA, where we're talking about various action and action comedies that came out in, uh, in various decades and are centered around Los Angeles. Last month we did Assault on Precinct 13. This month, and just this past week, we recorded our commentary for Beverly Hills Cop. That was a lot of fun. We talked a lot about that movie as is required for a commentary, but I do think we had a really fun time talking about it, and that is up now. You can find that commentary track available on iTunes, where you can also give us a rating and review, which will be great. It would help uh, pop us up on the old iTunes charts, uh, make us feel all good inside about getting a new review or what have you. So yeah, feel free to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Give us a rating and review, that'd be great. Are your themes always based around Randy Newman song titles? I mean, we've done a Toy Story con- commentary. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it should be honestly. It, yeah, because um, if you could do one called Short People, exactly. and it could be just just Danny DeVito movies. Yeah, uh, you know, my my mind was exactly in the right places. The second you said that, I was working up to a Short People reference, which would be yes, it'd be See? Throw Mama from the Train, Twins, and Renaissance Man. Just those three. Um, perfect, <laughs> the perfect three Danny DeVito movies. <laughs> Love it. We go over there, but it is fun. It is fun to do the themes. Actually, it's fun to theme the commentary tracks around something. So this is this has been fun so far. We got some fun plans for the next couple months as well. Uh, but yeah, that's going on. What else? Um, is there any of the other show notes? I guess the Oscars are coming up, and we always have our Oscar specials. So stay tuned for those uh, as the 
we draw closer to Hollywood's biggest night. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move into things. Let's get to let's get to some out now quickies. TM each week out now. We we that all right. Uh, ben, let's start with you. What other movies or anything that has you seen recently? Uh, well, uh, for our podcast, Go Flicks Yourself, we uh, assign each other movies. Uh, and so my assignment this week was Fiddler on the Roof. So I saw Fiddler on the Roof. Have you not seen it before? Funny. No, I had not. Uh, okay. Three hours and 11 minutes of just pure joy. Uh, just so I love musicals. I'm being very facetious. I don't love musicals all that much. And so that was, it was a kind of a, kind of a tough watch. It's a, it's a very long, long, dry movie, but, uh, I, I get the historical significance of it. So I really like that. Randomly though, I caught another one. I caught Julie and Julia. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. I, I thought that Amy Adams was great. And uh, and how do you not love Stanley Tucci? Tucci's uh, and of great course, in uh, it. Tucci's so... Oh, my God. He's fantastic. That, that's, that's the year he got nominated for an Oscar for... The Lovely Bones, which is not a good performance, <laughs> but, but it was but it was like, the same year as Julia and Julia, which is a great performance. <laughs> if you're if you're listening right now, get yourself a Tucci, get yourself a Stanley Tucci in this role. You need somebody that, like that in your corner for your whole life. You know what's funny is there's actually a part in Julia and Julia where she's cooking fish, and Stanley Tucci says, "You're the salmon girl, aren't you?" <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good it's a good cross reference, Brad. I like that. Thank you very much. If I'm not mistaken, not to bring it down, but I believe the the Julie in that scenario, she recently passed away, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Did a little research on that after the fact and just found out that she she did just pass away, which is unfortunate. But uh, the 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 movie is, is very heartwarming and it's very, you know, it, it's it's kind of one of those I, I want to find more like that. So if you uh, maybe after after the show here, you guys can point me in the right, right direction of some more that are kind of up that alley, because I really for some reason, it, it, I dug that a lot. Uh, uh, Kramer you... versus Kramer. <laughs> <When> you... <laughs> Sophie's choice. When you say yeah. up, up, your, up that at like, what do you like? Do you mean like two parallel stories, or or just cooking movies, or? I I think that I really liked the the whole entrepreneurial spirit of of both of the ladies at the same time, right? So she's she Julia Child obviously um goes to court on blue and makes something of herself and and works you know works her way through something and everybody told her that she couldn't do it right and so she becomes a household name and similarly the, this woman is working through her julia child's cookbook and yeah maybe it's a bit of a stunt or, or whatever but that's a daunting task that she overcomes so i do i think I, that's the, the the thing that resonated with me about both of these is it's it's kind of like somebody tells you you either can't do something and you can do it or uh, you know the perseverance of, of, of accomplishment I really like both of those angles. That is a good genre. That's a yeah, it's uplifting. That's yeah, it yeah, helps. I liked it a lot. All right, so Fiddler on the Roof, Julie and Julie, anything else? Uh, I mean, I saw Ant Man and and the Wasp, obviously, like the uh, the rest of America. Uh, but yeah, lately, well, very controversial. Movies. This movie, it seems. Yeah, for some reason, <laughs> like I liked it. It's it's fun. Go see the movie. Go see the movie. Stop with the things. Ugh. So you had a good time. I did. I really did enjoy Ant Man and the Wasp. I, it's not hitting any uh, grand slams, but it, it, you know, it's a solid, solid double. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. If you're going to do a baseball reference, like why not? It's, it's silly. It's fun. It's what an Ant Man movie is. I, I don't know why everybody's so up in arms with it. It has to be, you know, uh, it has to be the standalone Oscar winner. In, in, for, just because Black Panther is able to do it better than than most doesn't mean you can't still go and enjoy an MCU movie that's not, you know, a, a, a universe builder on its own. You know, fair enough. 
I think on the one hand, it's like, well, we could just not put Kang in this and did something a little more standalone. But on the other hand, it has a character with a laser gun for a face. So I'm like, well, that's cool. Like, so it's like, you yeah, know, <laughs> I like that kind of silliness. <laughs> no, I re- I didn't mind that at all. And honestly, I think that that's a valid criticism because I, w- could Kang have, have come at a, at a different point where it maybe would have made more sense? Absolutely, because the the villain does feel slightly wasted. You know, in if this is how we're going to bring him into the MCU, because Jonathan Majors is so brilliantly perfect in the role, and it's such a weighted character. We've been you know waited waiting for this for a long time, and this is kind of the the iteration that we got so far. And it's just, I'm glad that the door is open for this now, but yeah, could it have been maybe uh, put in at a later date? Sure. Yeah. But, you know, also we didn't even learn how many holes Kang has. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Very important questions. Brad, how about you? What have you seen recently? Uh, I also saw Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, and I'm uh, I'm I'm actually more in favor of it even than Ben is. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Love the the sci fi comedy angle. Don't mind that they took Ant Man to a bigger epic place. Think Jonathan Majors is great as Kang. Uh, like that this is the introduction to him because it leads to you know a whole bunch of other different versions of Kang coming down the pipeline. Uh, I, I wish there wasn't so much hate for it because I think it does a lot of really cool, really weird things that. Uh, Marvel hasn't done before. It really digs into like the comic book side of uh, strangeness that like multiverse of madness didn't even touch upon, and it and it should have. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm all about that uh, that movie, and I think it's very good. Great. Um, I also uh, recently rewatched, and it had been a long time since I had seen it. Uh, History of the World Part One, the oh. Mel Brooks movie from 1981, uh, and that's because History of the World Part Two, uh, the series on Hulu, is coming up. Uh, and I had to do some preparation for that because I'm, I'm doing uh, one of the press days for it. So, uh, and I've watched some some screeners, and I don't know if there's a review embargo. So I will just say that that I have watched them, and uh, there are laughs to be had. <laughs> All right. What, are you a fan of History of the World Part One? Yeah, you know, I um, it's I don't think it's one of my favorite Mel Brooks movies. Sure. And I think that the format works better. Uh, in, as a TV show than it does a movie. There's still some really funny stuff in the, in History of the World Part 1, but I like the concept and the premise more applied to television, and I think that it's uh, it's going to work better with this, with, with Part 2. Yeah, you're just you're saying you think because you don't because it's an embargo, so you can't tell. I have I have no idea. I have no idea. If you had to, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, <laughs> this format is specifically tailored to television and works very well for it. <laughs> okay well yeah no I, i've been meaning to rewatch that for i didn't it, it snuck up on me how fast this part two is coming so yeah i need, I need to get on the, the part one i have my giant mel brooks blu-ray box set thing so yeah, i'll crack that open watch i haven't seen part one in forever mel brooks films in hebrew school when i was young very very frequently watched um so for but, sure for sure of course and, and like space balls was a very constant watch for me but yeah part one not so much so it's one i'm less familiar with compared to other mel brooks movies but i i'm excited to watch just because i haven't watched it in forever so i'm looking forward to revisiting it again even though yes i i agree with you it's not on the the higher scale or else i would have been watching it a lot more um there you go but, and then uh not too long ago i uh saw missing the sequel oh, to uh-huh. searching uh, which which I think is a very good. It uh, it does a great job of refreshing 
the 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 narrative structure so that doesn't feel like it's just a a, a retread the the story gets a little more uh, outlandish i guess you could say but what i appreciate about this one is they they really hit they found their footing in the first one about how to tell a story effectively with the uh what is the screen life format of unfolding across phones and computer screens and facetime and all that jazz and this one they add some some real style to it with the, the editing and uh transitions and just how it condenses time and stuff like that and it's it's done in a, in a uh you know a way that is both pleasing and also doesn't feel like it's violating any of like kind of like the rules it's set for itself and so uh if you like the first one if you like missing i think you'll definitely really uh or if you like searching you'll definitely enjoy missing which i it should still be playing in theaters i think but yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's, uh, still it's worth, worth watching yeah like I'm, I'm not as big on missing as i was searching but i can say that i if they're gonna keep like making these as far as like new entries in this universe like i the format has not grown old on me i still like the format quite yeah. a bit and hey Brad, the, you said you said that it's a sequel. Is it an actual sequel? So uh, yes and no. It takes place like if it, in the same uh, universe, and there is an allusion to the first movie, but you don't need to know anything at all about the first movie to to see this one. Yeah, there's like I really like the first one, so I'm interested to see the second one. There's like or, fun this. Easter eggs for people that remember the first one well enough. Like I yeah. I only saw it once, and it was a couple years ago, but I caught on to a few things. Like oh, that's clever as far as kind of what they're doing to connect yeah. the two things, but. But yeah, it's certainly not a. It's not like oh, she, the daughter's got missing again. <laughs> and now John well, Cho's getting help. John Cho shows up and he's like, "I've been through this before. Yeah. Here, take my computer. <laughs> Move." And he just gets on the computer. Easy, Nick Burns. What I like pointing out is that I really like that Joaquin Aldameda, who's you know, generally a bad guy in movies like Desperado or uh, Clear Present Danger, what have you. He just plays a really nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> really, just, just, really, just, just nice, nice guy. I really like that. I like that there's no like, and that's not like, it's not a spoiler to say that he's not like a villain or anything. It's just like, there's no, it would make no sense for him to be evil in this movie based on his character. So it's just like, oh, he just plays a good guy. Good for him. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I've seen a few things as well. I watched We Have a Ghost. This is the new Christopher Landon film. who directed Happy De- the Happy Death Day movies as well as Freaky. Um, this one has David Harbour as a ghost living in a house that's presumed to be haunted to some degree. Anthony Mackie has a family. They move into the house. The, one of the kids quickly discovers David Harbour's ghost character, uh, but is not scared by him and instead wants to help him. And that's where the movie goes. Uh, Harbour can't talk. He just plays like a silent ghost throughout the movie. But it's a... Really strong performance from David Harbour. A very strong, silent performance. The movie itself is fine. Because it's a Netflix film, I don't know if that meant Christopher Landon just wasn't either like getting notes or not, but like it's two hours and seven minutes. I'll be generous and say it's two hours because there's like seven minutes of credits. But it's still very long for a movie like this, where I feel like this premise could be really contained in a tight 90 and be a better movie. However... It's still amusing. I enjoyed the movie well enough as far as, hey, this was on Netflix. I could sit down and watch it and then move on with my life. Uh, so not like the most glowing of recommendations, but I still enjoyed the film as far as being, a, you know, liking David Harbour and stuff, liking Mackie and people and stuff. Like, it's it's fine. I, I just wish it was, you know, more condensed so it wouldn't be so <laughs> overlong. Oh, if I could interrupt real quick to mention yeah. something else that I for- forgot that I saw because it was yeah, terrible, yeah. but your ne- but your Netflix commentary reminded me of it, um, and that's uh, your place or mine, the new oh. romantic comedy with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. This comedy, uh, it's 
Oh no, that's the that's the thing. Is someone made a silly mistake and forgot to put jokes in this movie, right? Uh, and to, and to make sure the leads had any chemistry uh, or that the story was remotely interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is it is so boring and just not funny. And I I just I don't know how this movie made it through so many. Maybe there weren't any checks or balances or anything because like someone should have read the script and been like, we we need to do something about this because there's there's nothing here. Yeah, it's bad. It's yeah. real like. It's bad. It's dire. It is the definition of a nothing burger. Like I just I, I watched it and I felt like I stared at the wall for two hours. The stakes are so weird that where it's like, I guess we're in different houses and we maybe actually love it's just we it's a weirdly bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee that, you with people that should know better. <laughs> someone someone at Netflix probably heard the pitch. They're like, Oh, when Harry Met Sally meets the holiday. Yep, that's gonna be a hit movie. And then they never followed up to see how it turned out. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a bad one. Um, I have a good comedy I can talk about. <laughs> um, it's called Smoking Causes Coughing. Uh, this is the latest film from Quentin Depew, the French filmmaker who a long time ago made a film called Rubber about a killer tire, which I found very weird. Um, he's made other weird movies. But in the past few years, he's come in with a few movies that just cracked me up, including Deerskin and Keep an Eye Out and... Um, what's like mandibles these like random these like really weird french comedies that just make me laugh a lot and this is the latest one so i was automatically uh excited by it and it it's a very weird movie where it it's set in a world where there is a crime fighting team um that uses like the powers of the ingredients of cigarettes to kill their opponents <laughs> um uh but then that's not even like the main focus of the movie because it gets to a point where they're like all right we defeated our latest villain and when i say superheroes that do this it's like power ranger style like like it looks exactly like old power rangers card like uh episodes uh except much gorier like they kill their enemies and like it's very bloody uh but then again not even the focus of the movie because they just they eventually just sit down and tell campfire tales and we start to hear like other random stories of them trying to scare each other it's a as i said it's a very weird movie but it's also very funny um i i i certainly recommend his other films uh and this one is no different uh just i could like them to varying degrees but like this one still made me laugh um so smoking causes coughing um, interesting i've never brought i've never brought myself to watch any of his movies because uh, i do like weird stuff every now and then but i just I haven't bitten the bullet yet I, I saw when it came or not when it came out but i, I watched it uh 2016 i believe and it's a very 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 weird movie Rubber is very like advanced tier as far as his films go, but I would say like Keep an Eye Out or Mandibles are really like they're accessible. They're very funny movies, but they're also like they're weird, but not weird as far as off putting. Uh, I, I'd certainly because they're and they're all like 80 minutes, like these are not hard movies to watch, <laughs> like they're very enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, this one, this latest one, also like he he is a brand of weird that I enjoy, but like I do think this recent run of movies also is. It, it's not like you have to be in the right mood. I just think they're genuinely funny movies. Um, so, yeah, take that as you will. Okay, two more things. One, I watched this movie called Huacera, The Bone Woman, which is a horror film from, I believe, Mexico. Uh, creepy. It's got a lot of body horror. It's like a Rosemary's Baby type thing mixed with a lot of body horror. Yeah, that's, that's a, I don't really like delve into it too far because it's just, if you like, you know, horror movies that have a lot of body horror in them. It's got some good jumps and good scares and good uh, creepy sound effects to really emphasize the fact that there's a crazy bone woman out there trying to go after a pregnant woman. Um, and last thing, I watched Megan, the unrated cut that's now on Peacock because I was curious. Ooh. Um, 
as listeners may recall, I liked Megan well enough. I wasn't over the moon for it, but I thought it was, you know, fun. Uh, I can't say this version, like, is dramatically different. It's pretty much everything you'd expect from, you know, a regular, like, unrated version of a PG-13 horror movie. How much more dancing is there? None. Uh, The additions are a couple extra shots of some gore based off the kills that you're already aware of in the film. And it's pretty much illogical. Yeah, that's the thing they would cut if you had to make it PG-13. And more F-bombs, including one from Megan that is actually pretty funny. But, like, if you're to choose between the two, yes, obviously you'd choose just this version because it's, like, the definitive version of the film. But if you've seen Megan once and you're like, ah, that was good and I never need to see it again, this one's not exactly going to, like, change your mind here. Like, it's, like, it's, it's still the same movie. So take that as you will. But it's on Peacock now streaming, so you know, if you have Peacock and you feel like watching Megan again or for the first time, that's the that's the one to watch. So yeah, all right, that's it now. Quickies. So, yeah, let's move on now. Let's get to let's get to some trailer talk. We're gonna talk about all the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This week we're talking Strays, an upcoming comedy um, featuring Will Ferrell, Jamie Fox, Will Forte, Randall Park, Isla Fisher, all as the voice of dogs. Uh, some of them being stray dogs. And the film revolves around basically these strays getting wanting to get revenge on their owner, uh, or former owner, that is. Um, and that seems to be the gist of the story. <laughs> so I want to, but Brad, let me jump to you first. What do you, what do you think of this trailer for strays? Uh, you know, I uh, maybe this will, this will hurt my credibility, but I think this looks pretty funny. Uh, it's a pretty simple premise. That's basically to me, it just feel, just feels like, uh, a, a raunchy version of of Homeward Bound, but I'm okay with that. Uh, I like the people involved voice wise, and uh, I'm not upset about what I saw in this trailer. You know, there's some pretty great laugh out loud moments. Uh, the fact that Will Forte is in it, I think, also lends a little bit of like, you know what, maybe this is gonna be funny because Will sure. Forte doesn't just you know do a bunch of stupid uh, shit all the time. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'm interested and I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that this will be uh, pretty funny. I should note that this film is has Chris. Phil Ward and Chris Miller as producers, and it's from director Josh Greenbaum, who directed Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, a film that I know a lot of people really like. Um, yes, it's very good. With that in mind, uh, Ben, how about you? Any thoughts on the trailer for Strays? Yeah, so uh, first things first, uh, voice casting these days, uh, and, and these days meaning like the last basically 20 years, uh, is it stunt casting if you're just casting famous people that just have distinctive voices i mean do we really need jason sudeikis being the the, the voice of the red bird and angry birds is that something that you know you it's, just it's the role i know him by so i don't know what you're, <laughs> you're just so used to seeing like you know, it's red Channing bird Tatum, ted lasso ryan reynolds <laughs> and all these things when back in the day you didn't even know who voiced you know jasmine or aladdin and they were great because they were great voice actors all that being said uh, I really do like this voice cast a lot, and Will Ferrell, especially with the his kind of buddy the elf naivete uh, mixed in there. I mean, he plays that role really, really well. So I think that there's a lot of great voice actors here that are just happen to also be celebrities. So I think that that's that's a good thing. And then of course, just like Brad said, I mean, I trust Will Forte, man. The the guy knows comedy, so um, I like the hard edge to it. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, I'm in. I, you know, I have no credibility to ruin. So I'm going to laugh out loud at this movie. It's going to be fun. Hopefully there's a couple fart jokes for me, Brad. I think there will be probably some good dog shit jokes too. Yep, there you go. And, you know, and if we're looking for any more reason to support this, uh, it is, it's written by Dan Peralt who wrote American Vandal, which was also oh. pretty, pretty damn great. 
Yeah, I'm just clicking that. that yeah, he he won a Peabody for that. Um, I am inclined to agree with you guys. I think it looks just like simple fun, <laughs> and I I especially agree because of the voice cast. I do think there is a a, a strong cat. I mean, you know, Will Ferrell and Jamie Fox. That's a that's a fun combo right there. And yes, Will Forte as the actual owner. Like that that seems like a lot of comic gold. Uh, I do hope that the green bomb factor, because of Barb and Star, I hope there's just a weirdness to this that, you know, extends beyond just the dog swear. Uh, I hope there's, you know, having Forte on board and Lord and Miller producers, it seems like there's going to be some weird in this movie. So, I uh, yeah, I, I want to look forward to it in that degree as far as just give me some laughs. It seems like a easy, you know, in a week where we're talking about a movie that has a simple enough premise, um, I hope, I'm hoping this this uh, Strays movie delivers in a in a way that makes sense. Um, it, it is universal, so good for them as far as like just really going for weird. Uh, this this part of the year, uh, so far between this and Megan Strays Cocaine Bear, but yeah, uh, Strays opens in theaters June 9th this summer. So get ready for the Strays. All right, well that's gonna bring us to our main review for Cocaine Bear. Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more of this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Hey, Henry. Check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 no. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on you. The bear, it fucking did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. There was a bear. A bear? It was far. Hey, that's inappropriate. You're safe. Bears can't climb trees. Of course I can. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Cocaine Bear. In real life, a shipment of cocaine was dumped from a plane into a national forest in Georgia in 1985, and a black bear wound up ingesting the product and dying of an overdose. What Cocaine Prayer proposes is, what if it didn't? Working as a horror comedy, once this film's black bear eats the cocaine, it begins going on a rampage, attacking anyone it encounters in the woods. The film's cast features a variety of performers, including Carrie Russell as a mother looking for her lost daughter, O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Alden Ehrenreich as a couple of hoods trying to recover the cocaine, Margot Martindale as a park ranger, sorry, character actress Margot Martindale as a park ranger, and Ray Liotta as a drug dealer to, desperate to have his men find the coke. Who will survive and who will fall prey to the might of Cocaine Bear? Elizabeth Banks directs this feature, which has opened to $23 million this weekend. Brad, I'm curious, what did you think of Cocaine Bear? I thought Cocaine Bear was fine, uh, maybe a bit disappointing. Uh, for a movie that has, you know, such a, a wild uh, but simple premise of a bear doing cocaine and just killing people because it is all hopped up on coke, uh, I was expecting it to maybe be a little bit more funny and have a little more life to it. But there's just far too many lulls and just like completely dead zones in this movie where nothing interesting is happening whatsoever. Like this is a this is a script that uh, could have used some punching up as far as the humor is concerned, or just could have used some punching up as far as having more uh, gruesome scenes like the the, the ambulance chase, uh, because that was I think there was never a high point after that that the movie reached and it struggled to maintain uh, any real momentum after that. And yeah, it was just just. There was a lot of 
time waiting for things to happen and maybe too much time where we didn't see the cocaine bear and since he's the star she's the star of the movie uh, i feel like maybe we should have gotten more of the cocaine bear it's certainly fun saying cocaine a lot of times <laughs> this episode it's such a, such a specific word uh and uh yeah i i hear you on a lot of the points you're making i want to hear from ben now as well what did you think of cocaine bear uh yeah so they really just swinging a miss for me they, it was very boring uh for a, for a movie called cocaine bear like you shouldn't have to get excited like ramp yourself up in the movie i can't i would check my my watch my apple watch like nine times to see what time we were at i'm like come <laughs> on to specify that it was an apple watch hold on <laughs> yeah you know i don't i don't want to make sure that people know that i'm not rocking a, a casio over here okay uh but no, it's, it's that thing where you you know you can just flip your wrist really quickly and then you can check your check the time. I just remember this. Yeah, we know how watches work, Ben. <laughs> you know what? Because yeah, it's not like I'm pressing the Seiko button and making the nightlight go on, Brad. I'm not I, doing that. I have that, a Timex, so I do press the. I don't generally check the time, but I do have a Timex. As opposed, I'm not. You know, when some of us don't make Apple Watch money, like the you know the proprietors <laughs> of many businesses in Fort Indiana. <laughs> oh God. Uh, no, so I just remembered I checked my watch a lot, basically. Like they're uh-huh. they're. This is a movie that they for, they they have all of these characters do basically nothing until they are confronted by the cocaine bear, and then of course things happen. And, and like Brad said, why wasn't there more interaction with the, all the characters? And then I don't even know what the heck. Uh, what's her name? Uh, K- Carrie. Um, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Uh, yeah, I don't. I have no clue why that was even included in the movie. There was nothing to do there whatsoever. I mean, the kids that plot line just should have been dropped from the movie completely because they didn't do anything with it. It was a lot of like setup for these characters to maybe that you're trying to, you know, get the audience to, to care about them or, or develop them a little bit, but it went absolutely nowhere. It took far too long. And there's no almost zero comedy in it whatsoever, other than the grotesquery, like in at least in like violent night the when it was when it was violent that was also funny this was violent and it was it was like oh violent but not a lot of comedy came from that but then they also didn't write any comedy so i don't know what the hell this movie was but man it was boring until like there were like four scenes where i'm like oh that's about it well it seems like we're all going to be in agreement a lot this week because i uh similarly was not being on cocaine bear uh certainly seems like a film with potential as i think we all agree because it's, it's called cocaine bear uh, I think like the biggest hurdle I thought I was going to have was just getting behind the lunacy of this because I remember, as Abe would recall if he was here, I was the one that was sort of down on this trailer because I know this story and I don't know, for some reason the announcement of this movie made me think it would take it not necessarily more seriously, but not as, I don't know, slight as this film tries to present the concept of Cocaine Bear, mainly because I just, I felt, I feel bad for the real bear. And I'm not exactly happy about them shipping the actual bear stuffed all around to help promote this movie. It doesn't really make me feel very good about that. But because it died. I mean, like it's not a good story. It's really sad that just this innocent bear died. As far as this movie goes, separating these things too, I was able to get over that fairly quickly. But watching this movie, I agree with you guys. It's like, I feel like the there's so much potential in a lot of stuff, but they just don't know what to do with it. Like that hospital there, the ambulance chase is very fun. And it's like, why is this not the whole movie? Like, how is it hard to maintain this kind of momentum? And instead you have an assortment of characters. Some are better than others in terms of getting just stuff to do or just being able to work on their own. Like, I think Isaiah Whitlock Jr., for example, he's actually funny here. And he doesn't even do much with the bear, but I like his presence. 
where yes, Carrie Russell is here, and it's like, why? Like what? I, I, I watching this movie, which is only ninety minutes long. By the end of it, is like I don't even know her name. Like I've, I've forgotten it. It's such so, so, like an, an inconsequential character. Oh yeah, but don't worry. I don't. I don't know if you know this. She's a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was certainly aware that she was a nurse. They made that very. <laughs> and also, it like it felt like nothing ever really came out of like people coming into contact with cocaine, like. <laughs> like I mean, those two kids—they take a a spoonful of cocaine, and like that's 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 all that really happens is they don't like the taste. Like and the, like that... the what like the one kid, the boy, he's somewhat affected, but not in a way that's really significant to the movie. It's just more like he's yeah. hyper, but it's like he just seems like a kid on sugar. Like that's not what cocaine yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like it felt it feels like everything really needed to be ramped up to meet the lunacy of the premise, and it just didn't get there yeah Uh, and there's just and there's also like some really clumsy storytelling too the one part that absolutely baffled me to the point where like it was it felt sloppy and it like made it seem like that they they realized that they maybe they needed to cut like 10 minutes out of the movie somewhere is when after they get to the cave uh o'shea jackson jr and all the Ehrenreich and ray liotta they do a thing where he mentions he's like he's like you saw what the bear did to that hiker and it does like a very quick like yeah. five second flashback to them seeing the 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 red bearded hiker and it's like why didn't we just see this on the way to the cave why did we need to flash back to to, to it like what's yeah. going on here it's, it's such a weird like cutaway like that's supposed to be i don't know some kind of like slightly humorous but also just filling in information and it's like what like plot what subplot did we lose that this has to make this level of sense like it's so weird yeah how it's, it's like they forgot that, that 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 they didn't resolve that character's storyline like oh we should just show that he was dead yeah. and so like a lot of the chalk up to honestly banks's direction like i just don't think she seems you know i don't know if it's a bit of a matter of fit or for this kind of work or Here's the thing. I I I like Elizabeth Banks as an actress. She's very she's very funny. She's very charming. She is not a good director. I have not seen a single movie that she has done where I've thought, oh yeah, she should keep doing this as a career. Uh, Because uh, the Pitch Perfect movie she directed is awful. Charlie's Angels didn't move the needle, and this just feels like wasted potential all around. That's the that's what I'm getting to. I mean, as far as you know, I I. I'm not not against the prospect of Elizabeth Banks wanting to expand her horizons, but it's like so far, this is not <laughs> this is not panned out very well. And yeah, this movie, you know, as a as a horror film, or at least you know, as a film that's trying to do something with this, you know, cocaine bear, I the the, the one of the major issues I had was it sent this national park or fort whatever, and there's so many characters, but like the geography of this thing, like never like becomes clear to me. And now that seems like a weird thing to complain about, but I think in the, you know, establishing some sense of stakes or danger, it's weird that I'm like constantly wondering like, wait, so where are these people in relation to these other people? Like what's going on here? Like Carrie Russell and the kid are hiking like way somewhere else in the woods and the bears like following them. But it's also like back by O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s care. It's like, what's happening? Like what, what is the, yeah. how does this cocaine bear work? <laughs> the, pro- the problem is even though geographically they're, they're all split up and, and you're thinking, okay, well, I guess the bear is close to them or close- no one care. There's nobody to root for. I don't, I don't give a shit about any of these characters. That's the other thing. Yeah. There's beyond like, I don't want like children to die. There's not much of a reason for me to care about much. Like, like Margot Martindale's character is a perfect example of this. It was like, I guess it's supposed to be funny that she's like 
really looking forward to like have you know having sex with 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 modern family uh with uh, jesse Taylor ferguson's character uh, like she's just like constantly like getting herself gussied up and everything but then just deal with all this other stuff but it's like this character's just kind of like a jerk to people and it's in but then they like introduce this gang of knife people knife teenagers or whatever and it's like i guess we're supposed to hate them more so we can deal with the other ones it's just weird it's a weird like stacking stuff on top of stuff that just doesn't come together in a way that makes me matter it doesn't more dear to certain characters or not it's just a lot it's and for a 95 in a movie it feels long which is also not it's like it's like someone did coke and then tried to write a coen brothers movie (laughs) yeah like it seems to want to have that spirit for sure like it wants to be like a raising arizona of cocaine bear but it's just it's not coming together in that kind of way and it's yeah unfortunate because it should be better this should be more fun and i saw you know coming into this you know you see some of the hype and it's like oh people are having a really good time with cocaine bear and i'm walking out of it thinking what how much how much like bribery were they given as far as snacks and stuff in the movies to be accepting of this it just seems so like lopsided in what it's doing yeah, I've I've heard a couple people talking about how like the audiences and the screens like were just loving it, and I was like, I wish I saw the same movie that you guys did and had as much fun with it because okay. I was in a packed screening. Like people were laughing at parts, but it's like I could tell where the dull spots were here, and then it's like, all right, yeah, there's more walking in this movie than the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> there's a lot of walking. There's a lot of like walking. Um, I the other thing, the the horror aspect of it. You know, there you see some like legs get tossed around, but there's a couple scenes where it's just like, why are you not showing me more? There's a scene where spoilers, but the eighth Bill Jesse Tyler Ferguson does not make it to this movie. There's a scene where he gets killed, and it's so awkwardly framed where he's like hanging upside down, and you don't really you you don't see what the bear's doing. You just see blood kind of coming down his his body, and it's like. This should be vicious. Like I should like see what Cocaine Bear is doing to this man right now. And it just it like it's so weirdly awkward as far as how to frame some of these things. It's the same thing applies to others. And it's like it'd be one thing if they were hiding the bear like Jaws, but no, we see Cocaine Bear like right away. Like it's never a mystery as to what's going on here. But yet the just the way it's shot is just weird to me for a and I, being and an I don't know horror movie. On that same note, yeah, because like they they also held back in another area I know because there was a uh, an interview that Elizabeth Banks did where uh, one of the the deaths uh, it's one of the one of the the knife kids I think it uh-huh. is um, or is, is it the knife kid? I don't know one one of the characters apparently is supposed uh, they were gonna have their whole face ripped off and they like had a close up of it and it didn't make the cut and it's like why like these are the things. That people came to Cocaine Bear for. I think it's the bearded guy. I think it, you know, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah, Cause, yeah, cause you see, cause, yeah, because and that's that's the weird flashback that you see. So that would yeah. explain why they had to do that stupid nonsense then. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. There's so many things, and like the way when the bear was was like you said when it was eating Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character, it seemed like he was probably eating him uh, the like the lower part of his body, and like maybe it would have been kind of funny to see the bear just uh, going to town on Jesse Tyler Ferguson's groin. <laughs> It'd be something compared to what we got. That's for sure. It just yeah. doesn't do much as far. And it's not like it's afraid to be gory. Like, I guess, like I said, we have legs and stuff flying around. And that whole, again, for whatever reason, that ambulance chase is the weird peak of this movie where everything seems to be fitting in the right exact kind of way. But the rest of the movie just doesn't know how to like follow around, follow it, like do anything of. So there, there's of also there's a scene that I I enjoyed where the the bear falls asleep or whatever or you know passes out on top uh-huh. of of the of the character, 
and th- there was there was enough humor in there where I'm like, okay, this is actually something different yeah. and clever to do. And that was fun. That was like my second favorite part of the movie other than the ambulance scene. I really liked that scene and they they could have done I think that there's just more to do with this. There's a lot more uh, and then you got the cubs in the cave and they don't really do much other than obviously it's the mama grizzly or whatever mama black bear after her cubs, but there's just so much room for for expansion and escalation here and they just it's kind of like they they do the same thing over and over again but they don't even show the good parts of what they're already doing so i just don't get it i just don't get cocaine bear and i know that's a sentence that a lot of people have probably said (laughs) but i just don't understand cocaine bear i yeah uh, yeah i'm curious what'd you guys think of alden aaron reich in here i i liked him but I wish he would give. He was given more to do. If anything, this movie made me want to see him do more comedies because yeah. he's very good at playing things straight, but in a way that makes him funny. And I really liked him. And uh, even though this is off topic based on your question, this is a part that I was annoyed by involving his character because it felt like they were trying too hard to make a joke and the it wasn't a, a logical or sound joke because it didn't make any sense. When the bear's laying on top of him, and he's like and there's he's like he's like nope it's 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 not a boy bear it's it's a it's a girl bear and he's like how do you know that it's like because its vagina is on my ear and i'm like there's no way that the bear's vagina is anywhere near your ear based on how he's lying on top of you (laughs) yeah cocaine bear i agree with you about aaron reich because i do think he you know based on the, the you know what not whatever about Solo, because he's good in Solo, regardless of the movie, however you feel about it. But I, I mean, I liked him in uh, in uh, Hail Caesar and the things he did. He was in a few things before that that I appreciated him. So like seeing him here, it's like, yeah, this like I'm happy he's working and doing stuff because that I know the whole the whole Solo situation just put him in a weird like spot as far as like, yeah, what's next for him. So like, I'm just happy if to they see were still him making again. a lot of comedies. I would love to see him do do more comedies because he was yeah. he, he was good in this movie. And I was trying uh, I felt like if this movie like really want to take a perspective it like it makes sense to be him and david him and O'Shea jackson jr's character yeah. i just but like the sections we get with them it's like they're entertaining but it also feels like there's a lot of just let's just let these two guys go but they're not like comedians where they can just trade quips they need like stuff to do and like when they give them stuff to do it's fine but like you said brad there's a lot of walking in this movie and when it's just like these two guys walking or them walking with one of the knife kids, or you know, as Whitlock Jr. Why it's just like oh, we need some energy here, and this movie just misses out on how to like do more with with what it has, which should be you know weird eighty shenanigans or cocaine bear stuff. Yeah. Um. What else? What other? Uh. Did any other like cast members stand out to you guys, Ben? Did any other cast members like do it for you? Uh. You know, I didn't. I didn't mind the uh the park ranger. What is her name? Marco Martindale. I didn't mind her uh, and her, her. She was at least chewing some scenery and having some sure. fun with it. So I, I really did not mind that. I wish every character had as much life, you know, breathed into it as that one. Because, I mean, I didn't need to to get a huge backstory. I knew who that woman was immediately by get her getting all dolled up and and smoking a cigarette and then blaming the kid. Like I get it. I get who you are. You're not a great person, but you're just trying to make it through. And you also have a gun, and you're going to try to save the day. Maybe like. It shows that there is a way for this movie to uh, introduce a character that's kind of fleshed out already and then just cut to the meat of the scene. And a lot of the stuff with her, at least, uh, felt that way. And I wish they just would have done that with other characters. Like, hey, let's just flesh these out immediately, let the audience know who they are, and then have them fuck around with a cocaine bear. But that's obviously not what we got. I did like uh, 
Aaron Holiday, the guy who played the one knife guy who get who is walking around with O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Alden Ehrenreich. I thought he was pretty funny. Is he from anything? Like I kept trying. Like for one thing, he reminded me of like young Sam Rockwell. Like that's the look that I had for him. But like, is he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about that. But yeah, well, as soon as you said that, that's that's absolutely right. <laughs> I, but I was it's wondering. A young Sam Rockwell. Get it? Because the cocaine. Jeez. Uh, Apparently, it's... he's uh, he's on Euphoria, which the, at least one episode, which the kids like. And uh, <laughs> he was also in Sharp Objects for five episodes, I guess. Oh, okay. All right. I was curious because I know like what one of the medic guys like he's a big like comedian and TikTok star which I knew nothing about until after the fact so it's like okay. yeah no I I I recognize him because I keep seeing him pop up like on uh, viral videos online I was like oh that's that's there's that guy good yeah and I, again that's the best part of the movie <laughs> so it's like all right this is this does working what did you guys think of the bear like the actual look of the bear because obviously it's big CG bear I would say I'm of the mind of it looks fine as far as hey they did the job as far as making it come to life but i never got over the fact that it wasn't real if you know what it I mean. was it, it never looked bad enough that it took me out of it um you could tell that it was you know they they didn't use a real bear you know and they wouldn't for obvious reasons these days sure. uh, if it was you know the 70s or 80s they definitely would have used a real bear for uh, a lot of shots but um yeah for the most part i thought it looked pretty good i just wish that there there would have been a little bit more escalation as far as like the bear gradually getting more and more hopped up on cocaine because it felt like they kind of started at like 80 and then get to 100 like in the middle of the movie and then kind of stayed there i wish it would have gotten like a little sniff of the cocaine and like was acting weird and and stuff like that before and then would gradually build up to like more and more crazy rage i feel like that would have worked out a lot better um, but otherwise it was just like, like Ben said earlier, it was kind of like just variations on the same thing. It's like, Oh, the bear's nearby and he found more cocaine. Ugh, okay. Yeah, it, I agree. It should be more like, it should, it should be more like Hulk, the real Hulk or the comic Hulk, as far as it, as it gets angrier, it gets bigger. This cocaine bear should do more and more cocaine and get crazier and more even, you know, faster and stronger, like anything to kind of give us more with this premise like you guys are saying as far as you have something good here let's explore that but it just yeah it plateaus pretty quickly when it could have a variety of things going on to mess around with what cocaine bear does or what the stakes of this whole thing are or even just kill off more characters i mean there's there's a lot of death in this movie but it's like be even more vicious it's cocaine bear who cares what are we gonna do <laughs> we gotta save these characters for the sequel we, we can kill more people off kill some kids off that's what i say Make it, make it, make yeah. it ruthless. <laughs> Do it. Ben, any bear thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the bear, again, you know, it's CGI, of course. And, and it, it looks, uh, I think that one of the cooler scenes was when the ambulance guy uh, opened up the dark room and it kind of came out of the shadow yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. It was pretty menacing and, and they did a good job. Obviously, anytime you have CGI and you can hide it in the dark, yeah, that's that's where you want to start. So I th- feel like they could have done a little bit more with the shadows and not, uh, and like you said, you can, you can tie that in with the escalation of everything. Um, I also thought that, uh, you know, yeah, they, they did that weird cutback to, to the hiker with the messed up face. And I was telling Brad after we saw the movie, I was like, you know what? An, an angle on this that because I'm not a screenwriter, obviously. Uh, but I'm like, man, wouldn't it be wouldn't it have been cool to like you see um, what's the gentleman's name that, that played the police officer? Isaiah Whitlock Jr. So you see Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Uh, shot through the stomach on top of a gazebo. And that's how you're introduced to the character. And then you, you kind of like 
kind of memento it and fi- figure out like how all this comes together. Uh, I mean, yeah. So like, the movie movie made, like here's how they all kind of ended up and here's how they, you know, and let's go, let's see how that happened. I think that I would, would have been much more interested in that. That's, I mean, I, I don't disagree. That's a, that's a better, that's something, that's something to like, just make this feel unique in some way, instead of just giving yeah. us a pretty straightforward presentation of what's happening. And it's, I, I don't, I don't know what the, I mean, yeah, mixing it up narratively, like the chronology, that's something, or I don't know if it, needs, you know, and like, I didn't, mind, I didn't kind of mind the, the, the Mexican standoffishness of on top of the Zebo and O'Shea Jackson Jr. have, they both have guns, the cocaine givers there. That was, there was some interplay there that I didn't mind at all. Like that was when it started to get a little interesting. They did nothing with it, mm-hmm. but it eventually, because they just gave everybody a, a free pass by having Ray Liotta shoot the guy, but come on. I mean, uh, they they almost had something there, and that I mean that's what I want. I I don't know. It just needs to lean in somewhere more consistent. Like I don't think it's totally off base, but I do think it just is uneven as how it and what kind of story it's trying to tell ultimately. Where like all Aaron Reich's character, he's like grieving because his wife got a wife who we never met. We don't know her at all, so we just we're just told that he's grieving, and it's like okay, that's something for him. But like, are we supposed to like find him dramatic? Like is is he a hero of the story because he doesn't want to do crime as much as the other characters want to do crime? It's just so like, it, it feels like they've written sketches of ideas for characters, but it, it means very little to me in a movie called Cocaine Bear. Like I, I want something <laughs> out of this. I want something to, to matter to me as opposed to whatever they've given me. Also, how did they convince Matthew Reese to be in this movie? Carrie Russell asked him. That's why it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, got... want, want want this one part in the opening of the movie where you just throw cocaine out of the plane and then I, die? I cool, thought it. Cool. I, I thought it was funny because, like, oh, that's funny. That 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 does feel like <laughs> Carrie or Carrie Russell like just asked her husband, like, hey, we're we're going to um, where they filmed this Ireland, right? They filmed in Ireland. Uh, we're, we're we're both going to Ireland. You might as well be in the movie with me. <laughs> just like film this like one day shot in a plane. <laughs> It would have been better if, like, he ended up surviving or something. I guess, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's the based on the real. Well, I mean, cocaine's bear is based on the real bear. The bear survives, so I mean, I guess the guy could have yeah, survived. See? Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, just, no, the just fact, play with it. The fact that you have him, Russell, and Margot Martindale, though, that is an Americans reunion. So I was like, well, that's fun. <laughs> There's three American stars in this in this movie. So. That's true. It was um, very strange that he was like, "I'm Carrie Russell's husband." As if uh, it was weird. I'd also say though, in the you know the seconds he's in this movie, it is the, the one thing he gets to do is funny. I mean, it it yeah. makes me laugh. So I mean, true, got that going for it. I mean, you can't say that about you know much of the other parts of the movie. So, um, anything else on a cocaine bear? I feel like we've so kind of nailed. Our I would say here. one more one more thing yeah. about the the three uh, stab bros or whatever they yeah, were yeah, the yeah. knife. Bros. So they did that thing where uh, it was a, a little interesting where he, he it cuts over to like, we're going to do we're going to go to New York together. And it's him and the two dead uh, uh-huh. friends. And I'm like, OK, that's something like if the movie it was this movie so messy. Yeah, th- that was a, kind of a clever way of doing that. But that's the only time they did it. It was a kind of a throwaway. And it's almost like there were a collection of those moments where they could have had something. And it's like, oh, well, they tried it and they're like, ah, never mind. We're not going to do that. So much to Brad's credit here, it's like somebody on cocaine wrote a bunch of different versions of the script and said they just fucking threw them all together. Yeah, uh, it was very confusing to me to like see ideas being presented that seemed like kernels of a good like, hey, we got here's something. And then it just kind of discards it. That's a yeah. perfect example uh, of one thing. Full, where full of those examples. Exactly. Yeah. 
wonder i wonder what they'll do if they do a sequel because they've they've talked the, apparently there's been discussions or like of the possibility of of a sequel like if they have like ideas ready if if it happens so like do you just is is do you just set it in the same roughly like same period and like it's a different area where cocaine fell and you have like cocaine jaguar or something like that <laughs> oh so the the two young cubs grow up in a world where they've just constantly been roaming the woods looking for cocaine and they've been finding all of the stashes over the years and they built up a massive tolerance to cocaine and now they break into the DA headquarters that's legitimately a quarter mile down the road that we didn't know about and all hell breaks loose. What's funny is oh. I, can, I can isolate that audio and make it sound as intense as it just did with no other context around it and it'd be treated very seriously by Universal, it seems. Um <laughs> I like here the quite the answer, Brad, is I don't I don't know what I'd want from a sequel to Cocaine Bear. Like I don't know what else you do with this. Maybe uh, you maybe you maybe you rise of the planet of the apes, and this is like the beginning of like a of a bear revolution. Sentient bears. Yeah. <laughs> Co cocaine like triggers like a part of their brain that wasn't active before and they start to evolve. Or you, you I mean chase, that's what cocaine does. Or or you chase it back to the source. Like, why didn't this bear just immediately die from cocaine? Well, it's because they experimented on bears back in Colombia. <laughs> there and there's a whole like you know in the in the the Amazon jungles. There's a whole a fleet of bears. Yeah, fleet. There's a whole group of bears. A fleet of bears <laughs> that are that are just all on all on drugs constantly and like being experimented on and, and taking down poor uh, poor travelers in that area. I don't know. There you go. I don't know. I don't know why I thought this far about this. But, um, Right. Uh, cocaine bear on a cocaine bear on a plane. See, here's the thing: a movie like Snakes on a Plane. I'm not going to sit here and say that's a secret masterpiece and everyone needs to go and see it. But I do think that's a movie that knows how to deliver on its premise better than Cocaine Bear. It's certainly in the same yeah. realm as far as you know schlocky movies like this. But like, I mean, it's called Snakes on a Plane. It gave me Snakes on a Plane. Cocaine Bear. I'm not saying it's not like it didn't have Cocaine Bear in it, but I do think the work done to make Snakes on a Plane feel like a movie that was consistent and felt constantly engaging it was there and i can't say the same about this movie what if there is a plane sequel with gerard butler and they're transferring the bear uh to be oh to be, to be inspected cocaine plane bear anything yeah. set in the plane verse i'm all in for because that movie is fun <laughs> so, yeah plane coke plane bear coke plane coke plane, co co coke plane bear coke plane bear <laughs> oh boy um oh uh the 80s ness of this movie it's set in 1985 i i feel like it it both did and didn't like lean on that as far as using the 80s as a factor and i don't know if i felt that was it would have been better if it was more 80s or if it was good enough with the what did you guys think did you guys enjoy the 80s ness of this movie it didn't really feel like it added much to it it felt like it was an excuse for them to make everybody just look like they were in the 80s which makes them like like slightly inherently uh funnier but it didn't the, the only thing that like added any real style to it was the soundtrack which is yeah. which is easy you know that's not anything like plenty of movies have had 80 soundtracks um but yeah other, otherwise it, it felt like it was doing it just because that's when the true story took place that it, it almost made me feel like they were just in like everybody was on their way to a costume party an 80s costume party it, it was it was just it didn't really it didn't look like the 80s to me as far as the movie was concerned Given the characters, yeah, because I'd say only like Ray Liotta and Carrie Russell felt like they're addressing specifically for the period. Like yeah. Carrie Russell has a big bright tracksuit on or whatever. Well, Jesse really... Tyler Ferguson's character has that oh, terrible yeah. hair, haircut and mustache. 
Well, even that, he could just be a hippie. Like, I mean, <laughs> that could be any decade. <laughs> but I, that, I that, that's true. Hippies have always had terrible haircuts and mustaches. <laughs> so you, you see where I'm coming from here, Brian. Yeah. Listen, uh, <laughs> the, Eddie had two denim shirts on. Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his wife just died. You know, people do things. I don't know. What I mean. <laughs> And it, like, I like Jay, Jay Jackson has like the Nikes, and I'm like, okay, I mean, that's something, I guess. I did think it was interesting that uh, the movie opened uh, with the the same song that Wet Hot American Summer opens with, considering yeah. the Elizabeth Banks of it all. Which I felt that had to be like a callback to it, given that it's yeah. her. I, I don't think you you know that's not unintentional. Um, but it was also like, but that's, you know, you know how you feel when you see, hear like certain songs in movies and it's like, but that belongs to that movie. Like for some reason it has ownership over it. It's like weird. Like it'd be weird to hear like, I don't know, where's my mind in other movies when it's like fight club owns that song. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Or or like the Austin Powers theme. in Schindler's List. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly that. Yes. Exactly that example. All right. When should people go and see Cocaine Bear? Ben, when should people see this movie? Uh, I mean, it's probably going to end up streaming on Hulu here pretty soon. So you should probably check it out on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe, you know, uh, after you wake up, you're a little hungover. You really don't want to pay attention to anything. Uh, and, and you, But you want to fast forward to see some uh, Cocaine Bear kills. Well, it won't be on Hulu. It'll be on Peacock. It's, it's universal, universal, yeah. So, so oh, we'll, get the, we'll get the unrated version of Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I mean, I hope so because that's the only thing that'll hopefully improve it. But uh, yeah, you can you can wait and see this one on Peacock. This one for me isn't one for you to run out and uh, pay top dollar for. But it's seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I, I looked it up after we saw the movie. I was like, "Are you kidding me? People like this? Okay, well, I'm I'm out of I'm out of touch with the kids." I'd say the the average rating is six point two out of ten, which that feels accurate. That feels I, a little closer. I, yeah, I get, I especially get because like I I didn't hate it. You know, I was sure. disappointed by it, but like. For me, it's it's and it's not. This isn't like any of us being snobby or being like, "Oh, this was so stupid. Why would anybody make a movie about a bear doing cocaine?" It's like we were ready to have fun with this movie, yes. and it and it was and then just just went, went real flaccid. I, no, I agree. Flaccid. Yeah, that's I. It's an alligator or a crocodile. Yeah, I. Yeah. Like my anticipation wasn't super high, but I'm still you know I'm all for a big stupid premise or a big schlocky movie, but yeah, this one just felt poorly done in that realm. So. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Peacock is fine because I wouldn't race out to theaters to see Cocaine Bear, uh, but yeah, not one where I'm like, oh boy, you really gotta get on the Cocaine Bear train to keep up with the kids and what they're into right now. Do like, better, oh, Cocaine oh. Bear. Do better. Oh, Cocaine Bear train. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that's that's been our review for Cocaine Bear, and uh, that's gonna that's gonna push us over to. The next section of our show here. What uh, actually? What time is it? I think it's time for some uh, some games. Oh, okay. That of course is the improv theme for games, and I have a couple of games for you guys this week. Uh, the first game is called Colombian Bam Bam. Um, what I'm going to do is either read you the tagline or the cast list going backwards for movies involving cocaine use. Uh, if you feel you know the answer, say your name, and then the answer. Colombian Bam Bam, my favorite character from Colombian Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Let's go through these. Uh, here's the first one. This first one is a tagline, and it is. I've there's two taglines here. I'll read the first one. We'll see what you do. The first tagline is: He wanted to live the American dream until the. Brad, end. ding 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 dong. <laughs> <Brad>, yes. 
Scarface. <laughs> yes, it's Scarface. Correct. <laughs> the other tagline is the world is yours. Oh, Ben, Ben, that's Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> right. Really jumped on that one. Okay. Here's the, here's the next one. The next one, I'm going to read the cast list going backwards. So whoever thinks they got it first. Here's the, you know, buzz in. Okay, here we go. E. Roger Mitchell, Pierce Morgan, James Badge Dale, Justin Martin, Bonnie Yanagazwa. There's more names now. Uh, Garcia Bevo, Peter Garrity, Brian Garrity, Nadine Velasquez, Tamara Tooney, Melissa Leo, John Goodman, Bruce Greenwood, Kelly Riley, Don Sheedle. Oh, Brad, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Brad? Traffic. Incorrect. Dang it. The last one, the last name, Denzel Washington. Uh, Don Cheadle and Denzel Washington and John Goodman. Uh, we're and... in a little little film called Oklahoma. <laughs> that is not correct. Well, I, I'm blanking on this one. This would be Robert Zemeckis's flight. Oh, oh. yeah. Because he, he did the boozing. My, my, my 11th favorite Robert Zemeckis movie. How could I forget? <laughs> John Goodman's his drug dealer who gives him lots of drugs to get over his hangover because that's how things work. And, and then yeah. he and then he goes from hangover to flyover. Exactly. He oh, rolled boy. it. All right. But, but Don Cheadle killed the tox report on that one. Um, all right, here's the next one. It's a tagline. They alternate. Three decades of life in the mafia. Right, ding 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 dong. <laughs> Brad's really into the dinging. Okay. Yeah, Brad. I like it. Oh, now I think I'm wrong though, but <laughs> okay. uh The Godfather Part Two. Incorrect. I like that you went for yeah. a sequel. Bend to bang, dang, boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, the Godfather. Incorrect as well. Ah! It is Goodfellas. Yeah. Ah, the other, the only other mob movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing Scorsese makes too, mob movies. That's it. Yep, that's it. That's all he does. <laughs> Famously. He makes mob movies and shits on Marvel movies. Martin yeah. Scorsese does that. The, the the two things that put on the tombstone, maker of, <laughs> maker of gangster, detractor of Marvel. R.I.P. Okay, here's the next one. Here's the uh, another cast list. Okay, let me find a good place to start this list from. Okay, Patrick Fugit, Phoebe Tonkin, Chloe Fineman, Olivia Wilde. Samara Weaving, Ethan Suplee, uh, Brady, Brady, Bing Bong, Bre- yes, Babylon, Babylon is the correct answer. Well, I have not seen that, Bradford. It is fantastico. There's a lot of names that I did not read on that list, but um, yeah, it's a big cast. Okay, here's the next one. There's a couple taglines for this. In the game of seduction, there is only one rule: never fall in love. Here's the other tagline. They're old enough to know better and too young to care. That's not super specific. (laughs) 
I will say to know better. Too young to care. This is a '90s film. Ben, bang, bang, boom. Ben. Uh, True Romance. Incorrect. That's a good guess. Why did I throw that out there? It's a good guess, but it's incorrect. It's a '90s film. It is a. What was the first tagline again? In the game of seduction, there's only one rule: never fall in love. Oof. Uh, is it Showgirls? Incorrect. It is yes. Cruel Intentions. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the next one. There's a few more. Oh, it's another cast list. Let me open this up. Here we go. All right. Start reading some names. Okay. Aya Cash. Jake Hoffman. Ethan Suplee, Kenneth Choi, PJ Byrne, Shay Wiggum, Kristen Milotti, Jean Dujardin, John Favreau, Matthew Bre- McConaughey. Freddy Brad- Brad- Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. The Wolf of Wall Street is correct. Nice. A lot of names in there. Including Academy Award winner John Dujardin. Yeah, I forgot he was in that. Remember, yeah, most people did. Remember when he just won an Oscar and then he did just that movie and then just kind of went to France and was like, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> Got what I needed. No, Mar- out of here. no Marvel movies for me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the next one. Another tagline Mind over mayhem. Ben. Ben. Uh, uh, Crank. That's a good answer. It's wrong, but it's a good answer. Here's another tagline from that same movie. Pray for Gotham. (laughs) Oh, uh, Brad, Brad, ding dong. Yes. Uh, Birds of Prey or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I I appreciate the full answer. It is all correct. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Here's the last one for this game. Another cast list. H. John Benjamin, Judah Friedlander, Joe Latrulio, Elizabeth Banks, Kevin Sussman. Braddy Daddy Ding Dong. The next name was Bradley Cooper. Brad? Wet Hot American Summer. That is correct. It's Wet Hot American Summer. Brad, you dominated this game. Good job. Way to go. What can I say? I love cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you did a good job with this one but we're coming up to our next game now i'm hoping ben that you get on the board as well this time i'm gonna try my best okay good that's the spirit uh this game is called bare necessities for movie titles what i'm going to do here is describe two movies one that may involve a bear um and the title that like the answer is going to be a combination of those two movie titles oh it should run into each other um, as you get one, you'll, I think you'll understand how this game goes. If you think you got the answer, uh, say your name and then the answer. So I'm describing it. I'm describing two movies in one. And you have to give me the answer, the title. Here's the first one. Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling's story of a man cub holding onto a sacred book in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, Brad, 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 Brad. Brad? The Jungle Book of Eli. That is correct. Nicely so you, done. You got it. So you got the, you got the hang of this. All right. 
But what if we're well, just okay? What if Brad's very smart and I'm not? <laughs> just, just another day in the life, I guess. Just, throw, just throwing it out there, guys. <laughs> well, we'll just see where this takes us and go from there. How about that? All right. No, it sounds great. No, this is totally fair. Here's the next one. A documentary. A, a documentarian and his animal friends have to sort out Dakota Fanning's kidnapping. Oh, Brad, Brad, Brad. Brad? Grizzly Man on Fire. That is correct. Okay. See, Ben, I, I, see, ben one of the movies has a, has a bear in it. No, see, but I, I did know the Man on Fire part. I just did not think of the other. I didn't know the other one. Well, let, 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 Warner, Warner Herzog famously has a documentary 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 about a bear. <laughs> Yeah, see, I didn't. And a and a man some who likes might, bears. Some of these might click better for Ben than others. Let's see. Let's try this. Like, one. Here like, we go. Is that is it? Was it called Grizzly Adams? Grizz, the Gri- Grizzly, Grizzly Adams man. did have a bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Yep. Oscar-winning Leo must deal with heavy weather and shrinkage. Oscar, Oscar-winning Leo. Must deal with heavy weather. Oh, uh, Ben, 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 Ben. Oh yeah, I got it. Revan Ant Man. Revan Ant Man is correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Good, good job, Ben. You're on the board. All right, I'm gonna, yeah, guys, I'm, I gotta. Oh, you guys are breaking up. I gotta go. I can't believe I won. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. Johnny, Steve-O, and Wee Man mix it up with Mel Gibson's Oldish Man. Ben, 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 Ben. <sighs> Jackass Forever Young. That yeah. is correct. There you go. Good. On a comeback. <laughs> Here's the next one. A troubled couple deals with a Swedish cult for many hundreds of days. Ben? Ben? 500 Days of Midsommar? That is correct. That's funny. <laughs> All right. That's the one I had to stretch for. It's not technically. I was, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was, I was, I was thrown off by that one too because I was trying yeah. to think of mid midsummer first, and I was like, yeah. "What?" It doesn't build into it the same way the rest of these. The rest of these are great. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> all great. You're doing a great job. Here's the next one. <laughs> these black secret agents are magically changed into forest animals. These black secret agents are magically changed into forest animals. Oof. Oh, ooh. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a reunion or not? No. I thought of I thought of a combination of three titles, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Black secret agents change to do forest animals. You can guess which kind of animal that might be. Gosh. Yeah, I'm blanking. These are both early 2000s movies? Oh, uh, Men in Black Brother, Brother Bear. <laughs> That's not how those titles work. I don't know. I just said it. I'm sorry. Uh, uh Undercover uh-huh. Brother Bear? That is correct. Yes, Undercover <laughs> Brother Bear. <laughs> I think the thought process of making these was very fun, and that was one of the first ones they came up with. Undercover Brother Bear. <laughs> it just made me laugh every time I, I saw it. I kept thinking of Men in Black, and then I thought of Men in Black, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, <laughs> I was that is three. Yeah, those three titles, <laughs> and I, that's just insane. Yeah. All right, here's the next one. The mutants must help this child's toy prove he's a person to the courts. 
the mutants must help this child's toy prove he's a person to the courts. Gosh. Here's a hint. They're both sequels. Oh, uh, uh, X2 X-Men United. Almost. Had two. <laughs> Say the whole thing. X-Men hey. 2 X-Men United X- Ted 2. <laughs> Ben's got the points. Got the points. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. I was so disjointed. <laughs> this is a close game. Guys, Ben, ben has ben taken the lead here. Here's the next one. Two more. Robert Redford and Cedric the Entertainer team up for a trip. Robert Redford and Cedric the Entertainer team up for a trip. Oof. I'll say one of these is a popular gif. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh... I don't know what that movie is, though. Jer- Jeremiah Johnson Family Vacation. That is correct. Jeremiah Johnson Family Vacation. <laughs> I Yeah, I saw the gif as, as soon as you said yeah, that. Yeah, as soon as you got the gif. What movie is that? <laughs> Not Zach Galifianakis. Um, mind-boggling that people thought that said mind-boggling Zach Galifianakis. I know, right? It's crazy. It's like, it doesn't look anything like Zach Galifianakis, but fine. Okay. Wait, it's not Zach Galifianakis? Wow, mind blown. <laughs> okay, here's the last one, which is fortunate because you guys are tied. This marmalade-loving bear is getting into the action with Denzel and Mark Wahlberg. Paddington, two guns. Ah, Paddington, two guns is correct. Then you're the winner. <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> what about the monster? <laughs> oh, that game was That's very fun. entertaining. I was very happy. That's a great game, man. That's a great game. Yeah, good fun. stuff. All right. Well, good job. You, bought, you guys both won a game, so look at that. Hey! hey. We did it. <laughs> All right. Well, good. That's our games. Let's move on now. Let's get to our last segment here. A little out now feedback. Feedback, feedback. We'll go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook, the Conversation Out Now podcast. I ask a number of questions of the listeners, and they give some answers. And then we actually got a question this week as well. So, Ben and Brad, feel free to throw in any answers you might come up with as I go through these. But here's the first question we have here. What are some great movies featuring lead characters deeply under the influence? Irene has Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Scott writes... This one, Cocaine Bear, Wolf of Wall Street, Scarface, Blow, Train Spotting, Sid and Nancy, Pulp Fiction, Traffic, and Requiem for a Dream. Chris has Drugstore Cowboy, Leaving Las Vegas, and Fear and Living in Las Vegas. And Philip writes a Scanner Darkly. Very good, but not quite great. I really like Scanner Darkly, actually. And Brad, any uh, drug movies that you really like? Um, I don't necessarily know if you would call it a drug movie, but like uh, The Big Lebowski comes to mind. Sure. I think the the hangover parts of the hangover would fit into that. They get uh, drugged. <laughs> That's, yeah. oh, oh, Pineapple Express, of course. Oh, Pineapple Express, yes. <laughs> and also, I have a soft spot. It, it's I will happily admit that it is not a great movie, uh, but I have always enjoyed Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. Oh yeah, I, I like. I enjoyed Pick of Destiny. It's been a while since I've watched it at this point, actually. But good soundtrack. <laughs> great soundtrack. Great Master soundtrack. Exploder, I love all the time. I can listen to that all the time. It's great. Let's see. Okay, next question we have here. What are some great movies featuring horrific animal attacks? Chris writes The Revenant, Boar, and Slugs. Irene has Grizzly Man, made by a documentarian. Uh, <laughs> Catherine has Cujo. Jordan Rath, friend of the show, has Piranha 3D, goes for absolute broke and it works. 3 Double D, not so much. 
Todd Levin, our friend of the show, writes prophecy, specifically the sleeping bag scene. And Philip has the ghost in the darkness. Any uh, favorite horrific animal attack movies? I mean, I'm a mm. big defender of Lake Placid, personally. I, oh, I yeah, just, that's fun. I, I think that's a bonkers movie, and I really, really like it. Sure. The Grey? Grey's a great movie. For what it's worth, uh, there are some pretty cool death scenes in Anaconda. I, I like Anaconda. King Kong, the Peter Jackson one. A lot of horrific animal deaths in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Or animal attacks, that is. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the bee scene in Wicker Man. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. All right, let's see. Next question. What are the wildest films based on true events? Chris writes, catch me if you can, and I'm hoping Cocaine Bear viewing next week. We have bad news for you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> daisies. Uh, Philip has memories of murder. What are the wildest films based on true events? I mean, The Wolf of Wall Street comes to mind. That's a pretty wacky, crazy movie. Yeah. Yeah, put that on my tombstone. The Wolf of Wall Street, a wacky, crazy movie. <laughs> put it on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I can't think of any that are like absolutely like wild or unbelievable. Most most of the the true story movies are like, oh yeah, that's that makes sense as a true story. There's one I'm trying to think of where it's not a true story, but it like says it is. In like a way that's so over the top, like it's a very over the top like comedy or something, but it says like based on a true story, uh, but it's like meant to be a joke. But I can't think of what that is. It's throwing me. Off. Oh yeah, I, I remember. I know what I you're talking like, about. But I, I can like picture it, like it's something like you know based on a true story, even though it's like the most outlandish, like obviously not based on a true story thing. Yeah, it's just like I a good gag. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Next question we have here: What was Ray Liotta's best performance outside of Goodfellas? Christopher writes Field of Dreams. Scott has Something Wild. Chris has Easy, No Escape. Philip has Copland Gets My Vote. And Peter Paris, friend of the show, writes Something Wild, and that includes Goodfellas. What's, what's the best Ray Liotta performance? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I really like No Escape. Like, that movie, I saw that when I was, uh, I think, a teenager. And it was a lot of fun. Nobody's mentioning uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that... That's everyone's favorite uh, Doug E. Doug performance, but I don't know if I really like. He's fine in it, I guess. But that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Nark. That's a very good point. Nark is my answer for this question. By the way, I think he's amazing in Nark. Yeah, they they pretty much named the, the ones that I would have named. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, what would you rather deal with? A rampaging bear, deadly alligators, giant snakes, or angry sharks? Philip writes. At least you could more easily see the bear coming. Plus, you'd be on land. Wouldn't like my chances though. Chris says, uh, either way, we're fucked. Can we go with Angry Ducks? <laughs> so That's what the would you... Angry Birds. I'm going to watch it. Angry Ducks, yeah. Featuring, yeah. It, had, it would have Will Forte. Uh, that would be hilarious. Jason, counter Jason Sudeikis in his iconic pair performances with Redbird. Um, so Rampaging Bear, Deadly Alligators, Giant Snakes, or Angry Sharks? What are you dealing with? I got to go Giant Snakes. You deal. That's your. You'd be like, I can handle yeah, they, this. They're, they're slow. The slowest movie, easy. Yeah, slowest moving. Just, I'm just gonna get on a, uh, in the middle of a Walmart parking lot, and I can see him coming. Are they the slowest moving? Yeah, Anaconda's moving pretty quickly in that movie. I mean, compared to the other things, Cocaine Bear. I jumped on top of a, a ambulance, an '80s ambulance, so it was at least going 40 miles an hour. <laughs> right, fair enough. I'm gonna go with uh, with the sharks, just because I want to live dangerously. Oh, okay. Whoa! 
This is the least popular. Nobody wants to do that. Why Why would you put yourself in the... No, Brad, don't do that. No, I mean, from what I understand, punching a shark in the nose will pretty much get rid of the problem. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to start throwing fisticuffs and take out as many as I can. See, yep. I feel that way about the alligator. I don't know why. I just feel like I don't want to deal. That's something I'd want to deal with compared to the other ones. The bear, the bear seems difficult. That just seems like, oh boy, like this thing's coming at me. It's angry. I don't know. It's not about the alligator. I feel like, I feel like other things could get it's about like a. If you've got like a, a a cobra, right? But it's just a really oversized cobra, and it can strike very quickly. That's terrifying. I guess I'm thinking of like the enormous snakes that would have to like slowly come after you, like an anaconda. You keep saying slowly. Like, have you seen anaconda? Like that thing's moving. It's coming. Yeah, snakes. Snakes are fast. Snakes are fast, man. And faster they're like than an, faster than an alligator. And they're when they're a double threat, they could be on land or the water. I don't want to deal with that. Oh, yeah, right. you know what? No, I'm yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still, like, I'm standing with like, it. I'm like, with Brad's it. probably fucking thinking if you're like, oh, I'm on land now. in the middle of a Walmart parking lot and the shark won't get me. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's in that pool tank. You can't get out of there though. How to get in that pool yeah, tank? Yeah, see, yeah, safe. <laughs> Smart, Brad. Smart. All right. Uh, last question uh, for the listeners What are some great films about characters who get stuck in the woods? Chris writes The Ritual and Blair Witch. Ty Levenow, friend of the show, has the Evil Dead. Great films about characters who get stuck in the woods. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say Cabin in the Woods for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Deliverance. You're stuck in there for a while. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. Um, our question we have here. This one's from Chris. So we have seen cocaine bears, scary annihilation bears, and rapey revenant bears. What do you think is next? Underwater bears, space bears, or fire-breathing bears? Well, we're well, we're gonna get an owl bear in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, well, that, that that doesn't sound safe. It's not. It's big. That doesn't sound safe. It's big, 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 and scary. I would love to see a fire-breathing bear. I feel like we that has to exist in some form. <laughs> like, surely, there's a fire-breathing bear out there somewhere. There's got to be. You would hope. Space bear. I, I'm interested in the. Is that just like a like a large astronaut? Maybe. No, what that's, about a bear that, that's a bear that did mushrooms instead of cocaine. Ah. What What about Robo Bear? Ooh, Robo Bear. Oh, that could be something. Robo Bear. Yeah. Think about, yeah, about right next script right now. Yeah. That's a That's a good premise. Robo Bear. Would he be like? <laughs> would he be a force for good though? Like trying like, and he just like goes bad. One of those situations. No. No. No, it would be like a Megan situation where it's like they made a they have one of those like uh like those drones you see in viral videos all the time, the one that like can like jump around like a like an animal, uh-huh. but then then somehow they uh the the psychology of a bear gets programmed into it and it just goes on a killing spree. Like you're talking about like the Boston Dynamics robots. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's it, that's it. Yes, yeah, one of one of one of those, but it gets it gets programmed with the the killer instinct of a of a bear. And and s- somehow also gets a mechanical bear head. Why not? This sounds like I'm a winner. It. Yeah, I'm into this yeah. for sure. Well, good. That's that's good to know. And that's a good way to end off our uh, out now feedback, 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 feedback section. And that is, of course, going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work, my personal blog, BakotaZeke.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for Leave Entertainment for movie reviews and Wise the Blue for Criterion and Blu-ray reviews. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Brad Oman, where can people find more of you online? Uh, I'm at slashfilm.com, uh, writing about stuff over there, editing stuff over there. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. 
And uh, be sure to check out the podcast that Ben and I both host uh, with our friend Nate Lauks. We have Go Flicks Yourself, a movie podcast uh, that gets a little bit more nonsensical and silly from time to time. And the 10 to 1 podcast, which is a review and recap uh, podcast where we review and recap new episodes of Saturday Night Live. Great. Ben, how about you? When can people find where can people find more of you online? Oh yeah, it's the same places as Brad, except I don't uh I don't write for Slash Film, you know, unfortunately. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Dream. Uh no, I'm on I'm on the Twitter sphere. I, I don't do much, but I, I like to comment and and uh, you know retweet the 10 to 1 and retweet go flick yourself stuff all the time. So if that's what you're into. You're gonna look for at Ken Bonowitz. That's what you're gonna want. Great. You what what happened on SN? It was Woody Harrelson this week, right? What did you guys think of Woody Harrelson on, on Saturday Night Live? Oof, uh, it's not not a good one, guys. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, Brad, Ben, thank you both for uh, joining us this week. You're joining myself this week for talking cocaine bear. Hey, thanks for having us. And and Abe, you better be back next time, or so help me God. I'm I'm gonna I'm coming for you, Abe. I mean, I, I I'm that's actually that sounded like a threat. Please please be on the show next time. We, we just we missed. <laughs> Mine was a threat. Do not take it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Abe was disappointed to be to to have to miss out here. He will he will be back soon enough. And uh, yes, of course, hopefully next time we can all be together and enjoy more fun games. Uh, speaking yeah, of which, games are incredible, man. Thank you so much for writing them, and thanks so much for having us on. Oh, for Good sure, stuff for sure. And uh, to enjoy more of this silliness, you can find all the other episodes about now third name on iTunes, audio, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at notnotpockets@email.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have all the socials and all that. Uh, and of course, uh, iTunes reviews ratings, of course, so it's good to get those as well. Uh, next week's show, next week we're talking Creed 3, the third Creed film. Creed is back, baby. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Peace. Vision, dreams of passion. And all the while I think of you. A very strange reaction. The more I see, the more I do. Baby. Highway, tell all your friends they can go my way. Pay your toll, sell your soul. Pound for pound, cost more than gold. The longer you stay, the more you pay. My white lines go a long way, either up your nose or through your fame. With nothing to gain except killing your brain. Uh, Brady, Brady, bing bong.